Hey there everybody, welcome aboard to the Football Weekly Podcast. This is a new segment called As the Euro Case Study, where we're going to analyse the top 10 favourites for this year's European competition. We take a look at the team's group stage fixtures, the squad, how do they rank amongst the other favourites in the competition and also try and predict a possible starting eleven for all the teams. Today we're going to start with Spain, a team managed by the former Barcelona manager Luis Enrique. It's been a huge topic of discussion because of uh, the players that have been selected for the European Championship. But it's been more of a discussion in Spain because of the players which have not been selected in, uh, the, in, in the squad for Spain. Luis Enrique, the uh, Spain manager, he, he said that all, the, all those 24 players which have been selected, all, the, all of them are going to play. I mean, they will have a certain duty to do at some point in the European Championship but I just don't know how how the hell does he not he does not actually include any Real Madrid player. I mean we'll get to that, but again this squad is really not amongst the favourites for this championship. I mean if you look at the squad, you don't get a sense that this is a team that's going to win you the European Championship. I mean that's not the feeling that I get after looking at the squad. Uh, I will just go through the squad. Uh, it is uh, like the goalkeepers. We'll start with the goalkeepers. It is uh, David De Gea from Manchester United, Unai Simon from Athletic Bilbao, Robert Sanchez from Brighton. The defenders are Jose Gaia from Valencia, Jordi Alba from Barcelona, which are the left backs, Pau Torres from Villarreal, the uh, Europa League winner from uh, Wednesday, Imeric Laporte from Manchester City, Eric Garcia from uh, Manchester City as well, Diego Llorente from Leeds United, Cesar Aspilicueta from Chelsea who will be in the Champions League final, Marcus Llorente who's had a breakthrough season at Atletico Madrid. In the midfield, it is Sergio Busquets from Barcelona, Rodri from Manchester City, Pedri from Barcelona, Thiago Alcantara from Liverpool, Coque from Atletico Madrid and Fabian Ruiz from Napoli. In the forwards, it's Dani Almo from Leipzig, Mikel Oerthabal from Real Sociedad, Gerard Moreno from Villarreal, Alvaro Morata from Juventus, Ferran Torres from Manchester City and Adama Traore from Voltaire and there is another one, it's Pablo Sarabia from Paris Saint-Germain. So these are the 24 players. The thing is that uh, this squad does not have a out-and-out guy who is going to demand authority on this team, a guy like Sergio Ramos. I mean, now that uh, Sergio Ramos got to Instagram and his social media handles and said that he wasn't fit to be playing, he hadn't played in a long time now for Real Madrid as well. I mean... The recent memory of him playing is at Stamford Bridge against Chelsea and that's not a very good memory because we all know how that ended up. Now, I mean, I'm I'm all with uh, the Sergio Ramos exclusion and I'm really on board with that. But uh, to actually tell me that Nacho Fernandez does not deserve a spot in the squad, I mean, just, just, just don't kid me. I mean, how the hell is Eric Garcia even in, in the conversation of getting in that play for the Euros? I've got no idea why Eric Garcia is coming here. Why is Imeric Laporte playing for Spain after a week that he's announced that he has got a Spanish passport? I mean, Cesar Aspilicueta I still can't understand. I mean, he's a player which can play two different positions. He can play as a right back. He can play as a centre back in a back three. Uh, I still can't understand why Iago Aspas isn't in the squad. Uh, why is Pablo Sarabia in the squad? I mean, how, I mean, 
he ha the guy hasn't literally played. I mean, even when the time, even in the time where Angel Di Maria in Paris Saint Germain was injured, Maurizio Pochettino stressed upon having Musiquin on that right hand side instead of Pablo Sarabia. How is Pablo Sarabia even in the squad? Ferran Torres, I can still understand he has been very good when he's called on by Pep Guardiola at Manchester City, but I don't understand why Pablo Sarabia is in there. Adama Traore, yeah, I mean, I can understand his inclusion because, I mean, if you opt for a back three, then he can be your wing back, and I think a guy like uh, uh, Luis Enrique can work on him and actually get him into a system which can benefit uh, the Spanish side. Pau Torres, I think he's going to start any which ways. I'm Eric Laporte as well. But if you look at this team, it does not strike me as a favourite because let alone you leave the fact that there is no leader in the squad. But the thing is that there is no charisma. There is no identity of what he, what we can expect from the squad going forward. I mean, Thiago Alcantara, I mean, how is he in the squad even even after even after having such a terrible season with Liverpool, I mean, you look at guys like Sergio Canales from Real Betis, who's had a tremendous season in La Liga. He's got them to the uh, to the Europa League. It's not all because of him, but he's done his bit there. He's been fantastic for 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 Real Betis, and I think he deserves his spot in the squad. I think ahead of Laporte, you could have easily had Mario Hermoso, who I think is a special talent can fill up two positions, which is the left-back and in central defence. Again, you could have him play in a back three, which is a possibility that they could opt for in in, in the days going forward. Marcus Llorente is being called upon as a backup right-back. I mean, I don't know why is this happening. Backup right-back for Marcus Llorente. Cesar Aspilicueta is really good, but why isn't Jesus Navas in the squad? I mean, a guy who's been there, done it, he has seen the glory days, he has seen the days which have been terrible for Spain, he's been there since the last decade, he's seen the glory, he's seen his one silverware with Spain, I mean, how isn't Jesus Navas in there? He's had a, such a good season, again with Sevilla, last year he won the uh, Europa League with them, this year he's been again tremendous, playing in the right back, yeah, he's had a big season, long season, but I'm not saying that you have to start him, I mean, you could still start Cesar Aspilicueta, who's been, he, he's really found himself a space in that squad in Chelsea under Thomas Tuchel, I mean, he's been used really well, he has played his part, I think he deserves a spot, says Araspilicueta, but again, you have to get to Jesus Navas in the squad. I think there's no two ways about it. He's a leader. Again, uh, if he's playing Marco Sirente anywhere other than the mid central midfield, I mean, he, he has he has to be joking around. I mean, Marco Sirente, I mean, if you look at his performances for Atletico Madrid in the entire season, he has been so good. And now that you're trying to... In include him as a defender, I mean, it makes no sense. I mean, yeah, he can play as a right back, there's no doubt about it, but again, you have to be sure, uh, you, you have to be really, really honest with yourself. Why isn't, why, why isn't Nacho Fernandez in this squad? I mean, he can play centre-back. I mean, he was the best centre, I mean, one of the best centre-backs, not the best, but one of the best centre-backs in Spain. Let's be honest about it, for Real Madrid, when there was no Sergio, no Sergio Ramos, he was being called upon, he's been trusted by Zinedine Zidane, and he was so good. He was so, so good at that point in time where you needed someone like someone like a very much 
a squad player to step up, step up, and he did. He did it very well for uh, Real Madrid. I think he deserved the call up, and I'm I'm really mad at I'm really mad at Luis Luis Enrique. I mean, how in the how in God's green earth is Eric Garcia in the squad? Because Luis Enrique is is, is telling me that uh, Sergio Ramos isn't isn't in the squad because he hasn't played much. I mean, can you just tell me how many minutes has Eric Garcia played this season? I think it's uh, under un, under a thousand minutes. I mean, Nacho's played somewhat near to. 2,700 minutes and Sergio Ramos has played closer to 1,800 minutes. Uh, Eric Garcia doesn't strike me as a as a player. He, he is a backup for a backup. He is a backup for guys like Laporte and Nathan Ake at Manchester City. And how is he even making the squad for the Euros? Again, Diego Llorente, I think he's done enough to actually please Luis Enrique for a spot at the Euros. He's done decently for for, for Leeds United. Uh, Americ Laporte, I, I, I don't get it. Americ Laporte hasn't played an awful lot. And if you think of uh, Americ Laporte being, come, coming in here, I, I literally heard a lot of uh, journalists and a lot of pundits in Spain saying that. Uh, Diego Costa going to Brazil for that 2014 World Cup was the beginning of the end because that's what creates uh, turbulence in the dressing room. And I think I, I get a feeling that Imeric Laporte, he has snatched up a lot of spots in the squad. I mean, Imeric Laporte, you, you cannot stress upon Imeric Laporte to be your starter alongside Pau Torres. I think Pau Torres starts any which ways. Imeric Laporte, I mean, he's not played the season at all. It's been all John Stones and Ruben Diaz in the Manchester City squad. He was being considered as a very good player when he signed from La Liga to Manchester City. And now he's even in the picture. He's not even in the picture. He's played some league games. He got that goal in the Carabao Cup final at Wembley. I mean, I, I don't, I don't get it. Why is Mario Hermoso not being played, picked up ahead of Armand Laporte? I mean, they do have the same characteristics, don't they? I, I, I'm, I'm really flattered about this. Uh, I mean, what on earth are, are, are those people in that uh, Spain compartment thinking? I, I, I really can't understand. But yeah, again, uh, uh, I, I, I'll have to, I'll have to leave it up to uh, Luis Enrique to actually feel some sense into me. I mean, I really can't understand why is this squad so much passive. I, I really can't understand. As far as the fixtures go, the first game starts at uh, on 14th of June against Sweden. It's going to be at uh, uh, the Cartuya, which is uh, in uh, Sevilla. Uh, the second game is on uh, 19th of June at uh, the same venue against Poland and the third game will be against Slovakia again at the same venue so they're going to play all the three games in Sevilla so I guess it's uh, very much a very much given that they will be very much uh, accustomed to the surroundings they, they are also qualified for the UEFA Nations League semi-finals and they will play their game against Italy uh, at, at the start of October so that, that that's a thing to be discussed later on but again I, I think this group is not as straightforward as 
uh, a lot of people might think they will have some friendlies before the Euros and it's going to be a big friendly against Portugal where you can actually check all your arsenal, check all your ammunition and how they're working then they have the game against Lithuania on 8th of June before they travel to uh, to Sofia to play that game against Sweden uh, so I'm not so much. I'm not so much uh, encouraged about their chances going into this uh, European Championship. Uh, I, I certainly don't know what's going to happen with with Spain. I mean, it's a very tricky one to uh, to, to to actually predict. Uh, talking about a possible starting eleven, uh, I think Unai Simon is going to be in the goal. Uh, over David De Gea, I mean, this is going to be somewhat a. It's going to be somewhat a toss-up, but I think Unai Seaborn has done enough at Bilbao to actually get his place in the starting eleven, where the number one should ahead of De Gea. They have got the Brighton goalkeeper as well, so I mean, it would be very very how that ends up. It's Robert Sanchez from Brighton, so. I, I, I don't think he's going to get a start, even if uh, Luis Enrique thinks that uh, all those 24 players are going to play, play a part. I mean, that's, that's a lot of bull crap there. So, at the right back, I think it's uh, a straightforward option here, and it says that Aspilicueta because there is no other right back in this team. Uh, in central defence, uh, Pau Torres, I think, is given if he will start, and then there, I think, is a toss between Diego Llorente and Aymeric Laporte. My gut feeling says that it's going to be Aymeric Laporte ahead of Diego Llorente. I think it's going to be a bit more unjust on Diego Llorente, who will be looking to get his hands on uh, his hands on the Spain jersey. He's got seven caps already for Spain, but I think Diego Llorente deserves a chance to play. But again, I think you pick a season campaign. I mean, Amaric Laporte this season hasn't been actually playing alone for a lot, as I said before. So, I don't know. I think it's 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 straight toss-up between Diego Llorente and Amaric Laporte for that second centre-back role. And in that left-back spot, I think it's just one option. It's Jordi Alba there. Uh, and again, to deputise him is going to be uh, Jose Gaia from Valencia. He's had another good season. Has a bit. Uh, he has tailed off a bit in the end. But again, I think he's had a solid season to his name. I just think he Alba starts ahead of him, but again, they, they're going to get exposed on the left-hand side of their defence because Jordi Alba, mind you, is not a good defender. I think Pau Torres is going to be the strength defensively because he's uh, regarded as one of the best centre-backs in La Liga at this moment. I, I think it's going to be Jordi Alba playing on the left-hand side and they're going to be exposed. I'm, I'm saying, you know, like a team like Poland, which is so so good going forward, I think they, they might just get exposed and that might be the... Uh, that might be the wrong doing of uh, whatever uh, Luis Enrique is trying to think about. Uh, in the central midfield, I'll go... I mean, there's again a choice here between Rodri and Busquets because I think you can play just one. Busquets has been very good for Barcelona in the recent past. Uh, he has come good uh, in the later stages of the season. A lot was said about his absence in that entire game against Atletico Madrid and how they, how it affected uh, their chances of winning that game and possibly again uh, getting a challenge for the La Liga title. But again, I think Rodri has done very well at uh, Manchester City. He does not get uh, the amount of uh, recognition that he does deserve. 
I think Rodri starts ahead of Busquets, but again, I won't be surprised if Busquets starts. And if Busquets starts, I think he wears the captain's armband there. But for now, I would say Pet Rodri starts ahead of Busquets. So on that right-hand side of the midfield, I'm going with Marcus Llorente from Atletico Madrid. I think there's no option that you can actually omit uh, Marcus Llorente. By the way, uh, instead of... Uh, Rodri and Busquets, you can actually opt for Koke as well, who's, again, probably be the most consistent of the three uh, for the entire season. I mean, it's 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 a choice that uh, Luis Enrique has to make. Uh, it's going to be a bit tricky, but for, for now, I think it's going to be Rodri and uh, Marcus Llorente on the right. It's uh, the left-hand side of the midfield, which is uh, the next thing to be predicted, and I go for Pedri from Barcelona. He's had a very good season all around, and I think he uh, deserves a spot in this uh, starting eleven. But again, there is a choice between him and Dani Olmo. I won't go for Thiago Alcantara because I've seen a lot of him uh, going into this uh, going into the season. I mean, he's been awful for the majority of it, and he did find some form in the end. But I guess. You'll have to say Pedro and Dani Olmo would be the first ones to get the nod ahead of uh, Thiago Alcantara. For this moment, I go with Pedro because we've seen a lot of him in Barcelona. I know Dani Olmo has a very specific role in RB Leipzig where they played without a striker. The same as uh, well, Manchester City as well have. But again, Dani Olmo has been fantastic for uh, RB Leipzig uh, in the Bundesliga. Uh, could have been a very decisive player for them had he scored that goal against uh, Bayern Munich in that big game at the Red Bull Arena. But again, I think it's a choice that you have to make. I go with Pedri just because he has shown me more of uh, the quality. Danny almost as well. But again, uh, it's, it's a very thin line of margin. I'm just going to say that Pedri edges for me. And Pedri goes into the starting eleven On the right-hand side of the attacking three, I'm going with Ferran Torres from Manchester City. I think I think it's very much a, a very much a first choice on that right-hand side because I, I guess there's no one else you could play there. I mean, Gerard Moreno could play on the right-hand side, provided uh, Alvaro Morata starts as a striker, but I'm picking... I'm going the other way around. So Ferrantotti starts for me on that right-hand side for for Spain. He starts there before Pablo Sarabia. I don't know how Pablo Sarabia is again here. Uh, Pablo Sarabia shouldn't even be in the discussion. Uh, Adama Traer as well. I think he's not had a good season with Wolves this time around at the Premier League. Uh, they, they collectively hadn't, uh, didn't have a good season. I think uh, uh, they were very much tied with uh, the last season. I, I guess they don't have that... M- that bigger squad to actually contend for Europe and they did they went to the quarterfinals before they were eliminated by Sevilla but again I think now Adama Traore is not at the level that he was last season so he won't start Ferran Torres starts for me he recently got a hat-trick in the Premier League for Manchester City as well so I think he's a good player on his day and I think if he does play consistently he's got loads of talent that could actually He's a guy who could actually make things happen. He could actually go past people. He could actually make runs in behind and also all sorts of things. But I think uh, right now, Pavlos, uh, and again, I think right now, I think uh, uh, Ferran Torres is the best option for them on the right side. On the left side is going to be Mikel Oerfabal from Real Sociedad. And, I mean, you, you, you can't actually 
say why he is in the starting eleven. I think he deserves to be there. I think he's the main man of Real Sociedad and the run that they are on, I mean, it's really, really good. I think they won the Copa del Rey, I mean, last season's Copa del Rey against Athletic Bilbao. This season, they have made it to the Europa League. They were in the Europa League this season as well before getting eliminated by Manchester United. Uh, it was a very disgraceful el elimination. I mean, a very shameful one. They lost 4-0 in Turin and then again they had to go to Manchester and that was other. but all, all things aside I think he's the main man he is the guy they look up to at Real Sociedad he's not even 25 and I I think he's he's got loads of potential he's got loads of uh, character himself I think he's one of those guys who might as well wear the captain's armband uh, come come the future of this uh, Spanish team and I think he's a very good player he's destined for a really, really good future I think uh, he has to start for me on that left-hand side, so I'm going with Mikel Arzabal on that left-hand side, and up top is Gerard Moreno. Again, you could have Alvaro Morata as your backup striker, but Alvaro Morata has been tailing in these last couple of months for Juventus. I think he really started the season well. Uh, we saw his impact on the Spanish national team when he came in and played as a striker, played as a number nine. I think he makes a lot of difference to a lot of teams I think when he's playing well I think he's a great asset for any other for any team uh, uh, I mean if he, you look at the role that he played in that 6-0 drubbing of Germany uh, you, you could actually sense that how good he is and I guess Alvaro Morata I mean for now I think he has to accept the fact that Gerard Moreno has had a stronger end to the season he's got over 10 goals for Juventus this season but it's just that I think uh, Gerard Moreno has been a really good player for Villarreal than Alvaro Morata has been for Juventus. It's it's not just a very a, a, a small gap. I think it's a big gap between Moreno and Morata at this point in time. And Gerard Moreno gets the nod ahead of Morata in that uh, number nine spot. So as per my assumption, it's going to be Aspilicueta. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll read the team again. It's Unai Simon in goal. Aspilicueta at right back, Jordi Alba at left back, Pau Torres and Imeric Laporte in defence, Rodri in the holding midfield position, Diego Marcos Llorente and Pedri alongside him in the midfield on the left side of the attack, it's Mikel Artabal, on the right side of the attack it's Ferran Torres and up top it is Gerard Moreno for Spade. So that's my starting eleven. and where do I rate them? I rate them number 6 in the entire tournament i think they're the sixth favorites to get uh, to to go in the uh, in in the european championship i don't think they really could have a good time at the euros i think they will just not have uh, the amount of uh, confidence that they had going into the other competitions in in the years gone by i mean they were actually the favorites for a lot of competitions where they had the golden generation then but not now i think they they're very much uh, in in on the on the declining mode uh you look at their odds i mean yeah they, they they're gonna play some really good teams in sweden and uh the likes of uh, sweden and the likes of poland but again i think uh, they are very much they're, they're very much likely to finish first if things go well 
But again, you look at teams like Sweden, they're not a good team to face. I mean, they will sit deep. I don't know. I mean, Poland as well, you, you might argue that Poland can really knock anyone out of their perch come, uh, come their day. I mean, they're in a very hard group. As, as per my liking, they're in Group E, and if you look at the knockouts, if you just uh, finish second in Group E, then you have to play the team which gets in gets gets second in Group D as well, and that might be Croatia or Croatia Scotland, presuming that uh, England finished first then I think that is a very good news for them. But if they finish first, I guess uh, matters can be very more simple for them because they will place face a third-place team, which, again, can be anyone. can be Germany as well from Group uh, from, from, from group F, which is the group of that. But again, I think they're sixth favourites for, uh, for, for the European Championship. I don't think they're uh, better than the other teams which I've mentioned above them. I... I rate them sixth. I might be wrong if uh, you'll think that they might get a higher rating than this. I would like to hear it. I would like to hear it on my Instagram page. Feel free to just get your reviews there. So the second team we're going to talk about is going to be Italy. And, well, it's they're one of my favourites. I mean, you look at the squad, it's, it's, it's brilliant, to be fair. And uh, I think... Uh, Roberto Mancini deserves a lot of praise for it. I think he's done an incredible job with uh, this Italian side. They are really one of uh, the best around uh, at this moment and they play a certain brand of football which actually does get similarities to the entire Serie A system where they play a brand of football which is very much a very much a routine for all of these players when they play for the league so that's not a big turnaround for them when they come at the national team they haven't really lost in a long time i just recollect three draws that they had in the nation's league apart from that i don't think they have uh, any any big major setbacks i think they drew against the netherlands at home they drew against poland and i think they drew against uh, bosnia as well in that crazy game but jekko scored a goal Again, I think it's a very good squad, and I, I, I believe that Roberto Mancini, with the determination that he has, he's a serial winner. He's he's won things before with uh, the likes of Manchester City and with uh, uh, cl clubs like uh, and all the clubs that he's been. I mean, I'm, I've I've not got any uh, <laughs> track of where he has been. I mean, I, I recollect Manchester City and even against Inter, uh, even uh, in Inter when he won those three Scudettos in his time in the Serie A. So, you know, he has been one of the best managers around in the international level. And again, I think the group that he, that Italy are in, I think they, they're very much the favourites to get through. Uh, they are in a group where it is Italy, Turkey, Switzerland and Wales. Uh, they're going to play two games before the European Championships begin. It's going to be Italy and San Marino, and uh, it's uh, going to be Italy and Czech Republic in that second game. So two games where you can really chop and change. I think Czech Republic might give you a bit of a fight in the end, but again, I think uh, 
Italy might have the team to just knock it around and get through into the knockouts as quickly as possible. I think they have a really good chance of doing it. Uh, they're going to be stationed more likely in the uh, Stadio Olimpico in Rome. It's going to be the first game against Turkey on the 11th of June uh, at the Stadio Olimpico. The second game at the same venue against Switzerland on the 16th of June. Uh, on the 20th of June, it's going to be Italy against Wales. So all the three games on uh, the same venue, uh, as I mentioned earlier with Spain, they're going to face each other in the Nations League semi-finals in the start of October. So there's your another trophy, you might, if you might call it. So if you go through the squad of Italy, they, they are very much the players which uh, Roberto Mancini likes. I think he's very much cut it to not have someone like a, a Nicola Barella, I mean, no, not Nicola Barella, it's uh, the Roma player, uh, Nicola Zaniolo, yeah, just uh, just can recollect his name, so he's not there, so, I mean, it's somewhat a 32-man squad until now, I think he will chop and change, he will, I think he will cut off uh, the six players, I don't know who's, who are they going to be, uh, but again, I We'll try and read up those 32 players. The first one I'll go through with the goalkeepers. It's Alessia Kragno from Cagliari. Gigi Donnarumma, who's going to start for the Italian team. Well, regardless of anything, it's going to be Gigi Donnarumma from Milan. Alex Merit from Napoli. Salvatore Sirigu from Torino, uh, the former La Liga player. Uh, from the defenders, it's uh, Francesco Acerbi from Lazio, Alessandro Bastoni, the Serie A winner from Inter, Cristiano Berardi, a very good defender from Fiorentina, Leonardo Bonucci, the veteran from Juventus, another veteran in Giorgio Chiellini, who also plays for Juventus, might as well be the captain come. Uh, I don't think he will start, but he is the captain for the Italian national team. Giovanni Di Lorenzo from Napoli, Alessandro Florenzi from Paris Saint-Germain, who's on loan from Roma. Uh, he will return to Roma uh, for the next season. Gianluca Mancini from Roma, uh, Leandro Spinanzola from Roma as well. Then there is Rafael Toloi from Atalanta. As for the midfielders, they have they are spoiled for options. Uh, it's Nicola Barella from Inter, Gaetano Castrovilli from Fiorentina, Brian Cristante from Roma, Manuel Locatelli from Sassuolo. I think he's been a fantastic midfielder for Sassuolo uh, in these two seasons and he deserves a big move. Uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini from Roma, again a very attacking player. Matteo Pessinia, who's ha who has been fantastic for Atalanta after the departure of uh, Alejandro Gomez, uh, Stefan Sensi from Inter, uh, he hasn't really played that much, Marco Verratti given starter from Paris Saint-Germain, there are some more names in Georgina and in uh, Chelsea, fullback uh, Emerson Palmieri, uh, they haven't really made the squad because he wants to make sure that they're fit after the Champions League final. I think they will play any which ways. Uh, in the forwards, it's uh, the impressive Andrea Bellotti from Torino. Domenico Berardi who's had another season, uh, another fantastic season, rather, for Sassuolo. Federico Bernadeschi, I don't know why he is in the squad. He plays for Juventus. Federico Chiesa, the impressive Federico Chiesa from Juventus. Uh, Vincenzo Grifo has had a fantastic season for Freiburg in the Bundesliga. Deserves a call-up. He's a very good player. Ciro Immobile from Lazio. 
Uh, again, he's going to wear the number nine shirt there. Lorenzo Insigne from Napoli, the, uh, the, the reliable Lorenzo Insigne as always. Uh, Mose Kent from Paris Saint Germain. Matteo Politano from Napoli. Giacomo Raspadori from Sassuolo makes the 32 man squad for Italy. I think it's a really well balanced squad. Uh, I believe it's going to be very, very easy for them to actually navigate through the group stage. Uh, I think they rank up really well with the other favourites for this competition, and I guess they they one one of my favourites to win it. Uh, so we'll get to the starting eleven, and I'm going for a three-four-three formation, more so of a three-four-two-one formation, but let's call it a three-four-three. So, in the goalkeeping position between the sticks, it's going to be Gigi Donnarumma. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he has been, conf- it has been confirmed by uh, it, uh, Milan legend Paolo Maldini that he will be leaving the club, and it's official now. It's 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 over for him for, at Milan. They're going to sign uh, Mike Magnon, who's had a terrific season, one of the top five goalkeepers in the world right now. Uh, he plays. He played for Lille last season. Won the league on title there. He now moves to Milan. Uh, Donnarumma. I don't know where he's going to move on to, but again, I think he he's a fantastic goalkeeper. He'll have his decision after the orders are done. So Donnarumma starts in between the sticks uh, to deputise for him. Um, Alex Merritt from Napoli, very capable uh, deputy for a guy like Donnarumma and Salvatore Sirigu, who's again a very much uh, reliable goalkeeper. In the back three, on the left-hand side of the back three, I'm going with uh, Alessandro Bastoni from Inter Milan. I think um, he does not get much of the recognition because uh, Milan Skriniar and Stefan Devray take it off. But again, I think Bastoni is so good in that left-hand side of that defence. I think he's made for that spot. He's so good. He's got great understanding of uh, the position that he plays at. And I think he, he, he is the player to take it on from Chiellini, who is the... Uh, guy to sit on the bench at this point in time uh, in the middle I think it's Bonucci I think uh, Bonucci is very well known for his passing ability from the back I think he'll move forward whenever needed and actually be the third midfielder be that holding guy some of the other times and spray out passes from that position he's done that so well for uh, Juventus in that time where he was regarded as one of the best now that now he's not one of the best he's been one of the liabilities at Juventus he's made a lot of mistakes a ton of mistakes I don't know what's real uh, Juventus stand going to be on his situation come uh, the start of next season but I think he starts for now he starts in the middle of that back three on that right hand side of the back three is Francesco Acerbi from Lazio I think he's a fantastic defender again plays at that position for Lazio I guess he's a decent defender I think you can't actually regard him as uh, the one of the best in Serie A at this point in time Again, you could have Rafael Taloi as well. He again plays at that similar position. Can swap sides. I think he could play on that left hand side, play on the right hand side. He does swap it with Jim City at uh, Atlanta. But I think for now, I think a cherry gets the nod ahead. On that right wing back position, I'm going with Alessandro Florenzi from Paris Saint Germain. Again, I think it's a toss of a coin. I think you can pick whoever you want. It might be Alessandro Florenzi, it might be Giovanni Di Lorenzo from Napoli. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going with uh, Alessandro Florenzi just because he's had a more good season with uh, 
uh, Paris Saint-Germain, Di Lorenzo, again, I think he's a very good place. He had a decent season with Napoli. They have failed to make it to the Champions League, but I think uh, Florenzi starts there before uh, Di Lorenzo, uh, in, in my opinion. In the middle of uh, that uh, midfield too, I think they're spoiled for options. I think if you play a midfield three, then I think you could actually get a clear idea of what Mancini would do. I think he would play Giorgino in that holding role, play Verratti, and play Bar and play Barella. I mean, that could be a possibility if they opt to not play Bonucci, play Acerbi and Bastoni in the centre-back role, and Florenzi plays as a right-back, and also uh, play the left-wing-back at left-back, and play Giorgino, Barella and Verratti in the midfield. For now, I'm going with Verratti. I think he has to start. Uh, he's had another fantastic season with Paris Saint-Germain. The more we say the less relevant it becomes, I think, uh, Ferrati, I mean, logic says that he has to start in that role. I mean, I, f I feel bad for Manuel Locatelli because he has been fantastic this season in this area. I think his passing range is... I mean, he has that ability to actually release the entire team by one pass. And that's so very rare to find. I mean, you look at guys like... Andres Iniesta, who had that kind of a characteristic that you release the entire team by one pass. I mean, one pass and locks the entire defence. I think he's got that ability, Manuel Locatelli, but he just can't get ahead of uh, Marco Verratti at this point in time. And the other midfielder, I think it's going to be Nicola Barella. Uh, again, a fantastic midfielder. He's just crowed into leaps and bounds uh, since his move from Cagliari to Inter. Uh, I guess he deserves a spot there ahead of Trujillo. Again, it depends on what you want. If you want dynamism, you have to play in Nicola Barella. But if you play a Giorgino Verratti midfield, it kind of becomes a bit too slow. So I would prefer to actually have uh, Barella in that position. But again, you could have Giorgino or if you, had, uh, if you want to actually control the game for longer periods of time and actually get in uh, Barella afterwards. And for if you want to have dynamic players in there, you have to get in uh, someone like Nicola Barella. I think Nicola Barella gets another head just because I think Giorgino and Verratti might just get the midfield a bit too slow there. On that left wing back position, I'm going with uh, Smenazzola from Roma. I think uh, he he would start there ahead of uh, Grifo, who's again a very good player. I mean, a lot of uh, guys don't know about him. He plays for Freiburg and he is a really good wing back. Again, I think I reckon he could play there uh, in in that left wing back position, Grifo. But I just think that Spinazzola has that extra quality. Uh, Grifo, we haven't seen much of him. I think uh, uh, Mancini hasn't seen enough of him. So I think it's safe to say that Spinazzola gets an ahead of Grifo. I won't be surprised if Grifo starts. I think he's a very good player. He gets forward so very easily, and he's got that that ability to actually whip out crosses from that left wing back position I think he's made for that left wing back position Grifo he plays in a more advanced role for Freiburg as well sometimes but I think at this point in time get Spinazzola just ahead of Grifo because we've seen a lot of Spinazzola for Italy and it looks like it works for Roberto Mancini in the front three on that left hand side I'm going for Lorenzo Insigne I mean, is there any, any doubt that he's going to not play for this Italy squad? He's had another fantastic season, touching the 20-goal mark in Serie A. He's been fantastic for them uh, over the entire season. He's been, again, the talisman for Napoli. Uh, just uh, think that he's 
he, he hasn't really played that well for Italy whenever he's been called up, but I think uh, you can't actually let him go off your starting eleven. I think he does start in this team. On the right-hand side, I'm going for a newbie. I'm going for Federico Chiesa. I, I know uh, Roberto Mancini likes a lot of Federico Bernardeschi, but I think he's nowhere near to be uh, making the squad. I think when the 26-man squad is being released, Federico Chiesa... I mean, Bernardeschi is not going to be there. Instead of Bernardeschi, if you want some other players, you could actually have Domenico Berardi from Sassuolo, who's again a fantastic player, plays on the right hand side of that uh, front three. Chiesa could actually play on the left hand side as well. He's more of a left hand side player than a right hand side player. Right hand side, he's played more often than not under Andrea Pelo at Juventus, but again, you could have Domenico Berardi playing in that role on the right hand side as well. There is Matteo Politano from uh, from Napoli who could actually uh, play that position as well. I guess it's a toss of a coin but again you have to see that Gaza has shown a lot of confidence inside himself. He's a player which can hurt you, he can make things happen, he can run past people, he can just dribble in into tight spaces, get a shot away, some somehow, some way get a shot away. I think it's a fantastic plan. He deserves to get into the, get into the starting eleven up top. Uh, Ciro Immobile is the guy who's going to get there again. I think he's had a, a decent Serie A season, not as good as he had last year, but he's smashed up 36 goals. He's going to get there ahead of Moza Ken, who I don't really fancy getting into the starting eleven. Again, he's had a fantastic season, Moza Ken, with Paris Saint Germain, Andrea Bellotti as well. He's been a part of that Torino side which has managed to stay up just managed to stay up in Serie A and again he's a very reliable striker Andrea Velotti I mean the Torino has been relying on him to get the goals to get the bulk of the goals uh, for the team and I think uh, rightly so I guess Andrea Velotti starts sits on the bench for me I think Shiro Immobile starts he wears the number nine shirt again just like Lorenzo Insigne he hasn't really performed that much for Italy uh, in, uh, in 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 the recent past or whatever he's called up but again I think he's uh, going to be more than an asset for uh, for the Italian national team when the Euros come I just think it's going to be Immobile instead of Benotti or Keane in that number 9 row so I just uh, I'll just get through with the, the starting 11 that I just mentioned in the goalkeeping position it's uh, GT Donnarumma Bastoni, Bonucci and Acerbi make the back 3 in front of them are going to be Spinazzola on that left wing back position, Nicola Barella, Marco Verratti and Alessandro Florenzi from uh, Paris Saint-Germain on that right wing back role. Uh, up top it's going to be Insigne on that left wing, uh, Immobile in the centre and Chiesa on the right. So that's my starting eleven, a 3-4-3 formation for Italy. And how do they rank up amongst the uh, favourites in Europe? Uh, they have, I think they have a very big opportunity to get a huge, huge dent in all uh, of uh, the big members of this uh, competition. I think uh, they will be one of the favourites to win this thing, win the entire thing, in my opinion. And uh, I think if, if a, a lot of uh, guys just ask that, uh, if Italy... If, if France are not going to win the Euros, who is the next team? I think for me, it's going to be Italy. I think they're better than Belgium, especially at the back. They're better than Belgium. Or a lot of guys think that they are the favourites. Again, they are in the first uh, group, so if they finish first, 
in Group A, they will face the second team in the team which finishes second in Group C, and that very much might be Ukraine, Austria, or Netherlands. I mean, you can't actually choose between those three. I think not Macedonia don't make it. Ukraine, Austria, Netherlands. Uh, it's very hard to predict there because I think it can be anyone's game to finish top. I don't know who's going to finish second, but if at all they have a slip, if at all they managed to slip up, they would have to. I, I, I guess they will have to face the first first team from uh, Group B, and that very much uh, might just be a gamble for them because it might be Belgium. I think they're better than Belgium, I think they're better than Portugal and England as well. I think they're second in my rankings for the Euros and I'll think of it. So we have done two teams today. The first one was Spain and they rank sixth. And now we've got Italy who rank second. So that's all from me today in this uh, new segment of ours which is the Euro case study. We've done two teams today. We'll come up with more two teams uh, as the days progress uh, we'll do all those 10 teams before the European Championship starts we'll have we might have some teams while they play in their warm-up games which are the friendlies before the Euros so that might give us more a direct uh, uh, view of how things uh, might just snap up for them but again again I think uh, Italy and Spain are the good teams to start up with I will come up with more two teams or maybe three as well in the coming uh, pods so that's all from me today hope you enjoyed the pod if you've got any questions or anything to ask me you could actually uh, send me a message on my Instagram handle which is weeklypod.xt w-e-e-k-l-y pod.xt you can contact me there uh, I'm free to talk anytime and you could send your queries there so that's all from me today stay safe uh, take care of your family take care of your friends take care of yourself uh, be safe uh, we're going to enjoy the euros as well so let's meet in the next pod ciao adios that's all from me for tonight this is this was your host Mayresh Madkar thank you very much